WCT after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT, Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR, Saturday mornings, 11 to 1, on WXUT. Fula. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUT's After Further Review. Are you getting really excited, huh, Frank? Yeah, because we have someone on the lines who has been uh, burning down my door to be on to talk basketball. and He's been really burning down your door. <laughs> oh, not literally, but uh, he's, been, he's been wanting to get on because... Uh, He's been he's actually good friends with a uh, regular on our show uh Darren Cohn the coach. Yeah. Yes. So joining us right now on the lines is the all-time leading scorer at Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central SMCC. for boys basketball mm-hmm. and also played for 4 years here at the University of Toledo, former basketball head coach at Blissfield High School and also has done some professional scouting. John Vanikave finally joins us. Oh, thanks. Welcome John. Hey, thanks for having me on. And you know what? Frank is telling you a outright lie. He's been asking me forever, and it just worked out today. And, you know, he's such a good planner. We had this plan, you know, for a long time, Derek. So, but no, enjoy your guys' show. Certainly enjoy what you guys do for sports. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk a little NBA. Uh, I'm I'm open to that. So you went to SMCC. Now, I I know a guy. He's... A lot, lot younger than you, Stephen Stephen Umfris. I don't know if you've seen him play. Pretty good player. He went to SMCC, I yeah. believe. Um, yeah, I I caught a few games of his. Uh, I saw him as a sophomore and a junior. I didn't see him as a senior, and then I believe he went to Madonna. Had a mm-hmm. pretty good little career up there. Very athletic, six two kid. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's got one more year. Yeah. One more year. That, he's still playing. Yeah. Okay, I I knew he was right there. Senior graduated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I came back from living on the West Coast a few years. So, wow. yeah, yeah, he was a very good player for CC. They had very good teams. Uh, Coach Wyndham up there, who's been there about 10 years now, uh, he took over for Coach Lowers, who I played for. Mm-hmm. Coach Lowers was there 45 years. Wow. Um, yeah, long time. It's kind of uh, like Coach, like Coach Heinschel for St. John's. He was there for 40. Yeah, yeah. Those guys, you know, I coach public. Those guys at those Catholic schools, they get in a good situation, and and uh, they're there forever. And he, Coach Lowers, I believe, is the number three all-time leading in wins for the uh, Michigan High School Athletic Association for boys. Mm, well, so, we like uh, to call Misha. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So tell me, what was your time like here at the University of Toledo? Now, this was back 85 to 89, so the campus was totally different when you were here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. did, at the time, it was called Savage Hall. Now it's called Savage Arena. Uh, just tell us a little bit. You played for the legendary coach, uh, Coach Nichols, who's at the courts named after him, actually. You did for yeah. two years with him. What was it like playing under that under Coach Nichols? Well, I tell you, Derek, it's, you know, it was kind of a transition time. Um, and what I mean by that was uh, ESPN and the television was just starting to become a little more popular 
Um, and as you know, it's, it's just changed the whole breadth of the whole situation with college basketball, football, et cetera. So when I started, um, coach Nichols, uh, you know, he was, they were coming off a really good year. They had a couple good players. One, Kenny Epperson, I believe he's still the all time leading score. Yes, uh, he I do. had graduated. Yeah. Jay Gass was a very good player. They graduated. We my freshman year, we had one senior on the team, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a rebuild. Uh, and and we finished, I think, mid mid to the MAC. You know, back then there was just one division of like eight teams. You didn't mm-hmm. have the East West that you did now. So we finished mid pack. Um, and I was telling Frank. Which, by the um, way, by the way, the MAC is the only conference in basketball, D one basketball, that actually has an East West division. All the other ones just stack them up. The, the, yeah, the East West division yeah. is usually just for football. Yeah. So we we uh, you know we played preseason some of the best teams in the country. I was telling Frank at the time the Blade had a Christmas tournament. Yes, they did. We had it. They had it for my first three years. Or, you know, it ended shortly after I played, but we brought in, uh, I know my freshman year, we, we played, uh, I believe Temple came in. They were the number fourth ranked team in the country. They, uh, John Chaney was coaching. They had a great team. My sophomore year, um, we had um, Butler played uh, in there mm-hmm. in my sophomore, junior year um, for the for the blade classic preseason games. We had Purdue come in. Todd Mitchell was a junior. I believe mm-hmm. my sophomore year, they were number two in the country. They came in just for a regular season game, bring back Todd, uh, uh, to Toledo and kind of showcase him there. Back then Savage held 9,200 or something, mm-hmm. a little over 9,000. Mm-hmm. And that particularly Purdue game, it was, it was sold out game. Mm. It was 9,000 people there. So, it was it was a transition time getting back to that with television because the live attendance, if you look for the last 30 or 40 years at the University of Toledo basketball, uh, 1989, my last season, we averaged 7,500 fans a game. Wow. And from there, because of television and and how things have changed, they haven't even come close to having that many people average per game. Yeah, now it's I think I think it's about four grand now on a good yeah. a good year for the Rockets. Now there was yeah. some some down about ten years ago with Gene Cross, where you know you could hear someone talking on a cell phone. But since Coach <laughs> TK has come along and rebuilt the program up, the, the good years with Juice and RP Ryan Pearson and uh, JD yeah. Witherspoon the, and uh, the Jordan Lofts, it's close to probably about four grand yeah yeah and, it, and they're on television or you know cbs sports now does the games so does some mac games and just live attendance has, has been a tough thing the last few years but uh playing for coach nichols is something that i treasure for the rest of my life he was you know he wasn't a, a big holler type guy mm-hmm. he just had a great feel for the game and you, you talk to the guys that played for him they really respected him. He had a great feel for the game. He's very uh, innovative offensively and defensively at the time. Um, last two years played for a gentleman by name of Jay Eck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had a tough gig to take over for Coach Nichols, and uh, he was completely different. Um, his style of play, who he recruited, um, 
And uh, so it was a lot of fun, and it really helped me, I, I believe, playing for both those guys when I coached. I was a head coach for a long time um, at Blissfield. And, uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed my time at the University of Toledo. Wow, that, that, that's pretty cool. Now, talk a little NBA. You said you were a former scout as well? Yeah, it's it's kind of a uh, kind of a sideways story. Um, my roommate at the time um, at the University of Toledo was a Perrysburg graduate, uh, a player by the name of Andy Fisher. He was a four-year starter for us, but he was born in Puerto Rico. His dad was a professional baseball player in the '60s. He played at Michigan, and then in the summertime, a lot of guys would go to like different places around uh, Central America. Well, his dad was playing in Puerto Rico and I'm, he was born uh, in Mayaguez, Puerto Rico. So fast forward uh, 1987, um, Andy uh, was after his sophomore year. At the time, you could play uh, different places that uh, um, offered uh, basketball in the summertime. And what happened was uh, my brother, Andy, wrote a letter to the Federation of Puerto Rico and said, hey, there's this kid from Toledo. He's a good player. You know that the 1988 Olympics, you're going to have a team. Uh, Is there a possibility he could try out? What happened was they somehow in there, one of the teams who had the top pick in the spring draft caught wind of this. And then... um, they ended up drafting him. He was able to play after the summer of his sophomore, junior, and senior year down there. They gave him what they called a, quotes living wage. But it was professional basketball. So I got to know the owners through him when I went down there a couple summers. And then they ended, they ended up having me uh, scout players like Andy that may have uh, either been born there. They were playing from uh, U.S. college teams or... There was a loophole in the rule if their parents were born in, on the island of Puerto Rico. So I'd go scout and and uh, look for players, and I did that for about uh, a period of ten years, and then started having a family and and but with coaching it just got too much. But still got a great friend in Octavio Rodriguez. He was the president of the team. Um, actually, the team that he played for, the Quebradilla Piratas. Uh, Phil Jackson coached the year uh, summer before, so I missed Phil by a year. But uh, Henry Bibby, who was a UCLA mm-hmm. coach, did Mike USC. Bibby's daddy. Mike Bibby's daddy, you got it. Coach there, I spent some time with him. He was a great. He was. He let me in on film sessions, practice sessions. He was. He. I learned a lot from in the week I was down there, uh, and they had American coaches that would go down there in the seventies. A lot of the NBA head coaches would go down there and coach. I, I'll give you a few names here, Derek and, and Frank. Uh, Doug Mull, longtime mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets coach. Yep. Bernie Bickerstaff, whose son Jade, uh, JB, it, yeah, JB, JB coaches yep. the Cavs. Cavs. I actually talked to him in the fall. Okay, um, and then uh, just a lot of a lot of good coaches. A little extra money. Roly Massimino, when he was at Villanova, coached on. Mm-hmm. in the summertime you could do that back then because there wasn't the restrictions and that as there is now not now these nba guys can't even do it even the assistants mm-hmm. so 
but yeah, so that's that's how that all evolved, and uh, I I I did that for ten years and kind of you know remotely and uh, and and got a few players for him over the years. Nice. Now let's dive into the NBA. What do you want to talk, Frank? Since throw the alley oop to John. Well, if he can still catch it and throw it down. All right, John. I so I can't jump. <laughs> uh, that, hey, well that that's all right because we're gonna. Talk about the game that's on tonight, and that's uh, Heat and Celtics, Game 3. Saturday night. Yep. Mm-hmm. Heat are up 2 nothing in that series, and John, I actually talked to uh, who uh, Coach Mark Hubbard, who's on staff with me at Bedford, about uh, how the Heat have been playing. I asked him, like, you've been talking to Eric Spolstra about defense. He's like, well, uh, no, but I can tell that they run the shell drill in practice with the way that they <laughs> defend. Do you? Yeah. It, are the Heat this year the uh, second coming of the 4 Pistons? You know, I'm not going to go out on that limb. I, I think the Lakers are still the best team remaining. Um, but I think, to the Heat's credit, they just play so well as a team. Kind of how Toronto was during the regular season. You know, the sum of the whole is better than one or two individuals. Although, you know, Jimmy Butler's a good player and you got a few other guys that played well. But I think you I think Miami's secret and key is, you know, you look at their roster, you got one through eight. You just don't have four or five guys that can score and then the bench guys will come in and play a specific role. I think what you see with Miami is you got guys like Tyler Hero who comes in off the bench, and he give, he's giving them 10, 15 points a game. Uh, you got some of these other guys on the they, – they come in and score. And when you got scores one through eight, they're pretty tough to beat, and you're going to be in every game. And that series with the Celtics, the Celtics have led pretty much the majority of the game, and then the Heat just – catches them at the end um so i think the heat yeah they, they do do a very good job and supposed does a very good job of coaching defense but i think their key is they just got that one or two extra guys that can score for them and that's been a big key for them against the celtics and then conversely for the celtics it's showing now with not having gordon hayward having some extra scoring in there an extra guy that they can put in there to get them some buckets uh, late in the game or throughout the game. So I think that's been kind of the what I've seen, but it's been a greatly contested uh, series. And, uh, you know, y- you never know sometime, but I, the Lakers are just a, they're a tough matchup. Yeah. Especially Anthony Davis. Well, quick news on uh, Gordon Hayward from Adrian Wojnarowski says, Barring a setback in pregame warm-ups, there's significant optimism with the Celtics that Hayward, for right ankle sprain, will be active to play Game 3 versus the Heat tonight. Non-factor. Yeah, so... Non-factor. I mean, we'll transition... Kimba Kimba Walker needs to play better. He's been playing horrific. That's that's been the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When you get one of your your better players, and that's what happened to Clippers. You know, Mm -hmm. you got... You got those guys that just, you know, just didn't show up. Uh, their shooting percentage, Williams. Uh, yeah, know, yeah, Lou Will doesn't got, play a lot of defense, yeah. and he, he yeah. when you can't shoot, yeah, that's bad. Which yeah, we'll, he, was, we'll, he was like four for 23 and threes in that series. Ooh. I mean, 
he's normally a better shooter than that. Maybe he just so, had a hangover from them chicken wings he got. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that that's what Frank was telling me. He said they're pretty good or wherever that place was. Yeah, Atlanta. So. Yeah. So let's go into that. <laughs> what what happened with the Clippers and the Nuggets? You were up three one, malt and after that you had you were up big, like twelve to almost eighteen yeah. points, couldn't close them out, and they sneak up and beat you in seven. And you know, I don't call him Playoff P. I don't know where he got that nickname from. He didn't really show up. Kawhi can only do so much. And do you think maybe a lack of point guard play kind of hurt them? Well, I, you know, that particular series, the Clippers Nuggets. I think people forget the Nuggets. You know, they had a pretty decent seed, but with all those guys injured, you know, they had Harris, Will Barton. Uh, were out two key players for them. Mm-hmm. And then they got them back. You know, they survived against Utah. Then they get them back against the Clippers. And it took them a few games to get, you know, Harris going. And there they're again, one or two guys can make a big difference. And his defense helped Denver. And then they've always, they were always a good offensive team. You mm-hmm. got Murray and you got the Joker. You know, those guys are as good as offensive players as anybody in the league. And, you know, you put those, you get Harris with them and they become even better. Now, Clippers, they just, they just, you know, I, I was telling Frank this week, I said, some of my coaching buddies that, you know, I really respect and have coached high level basketball, they thought that Doc Rivers should have ran maybe more ball screens against the Joker uh, and brought him out of the paint a little bit more and uh, tried to use, you know, get around him a little bit more, maybe run Kawhi off uh, his man a little bit more. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you got to make shots and they didn't make shots. And and that's, that's where uh, their uh, downfall was. Now you do know that uh, usually on the screens, a lot of times with the Nuggets, they still put Joker in drop coverage, so he doesn't get up on the screen. So he's gonna stay yeah. in that paint. But you're right. Yeah. Maybe if well, Lou yeah. Williams could hit yeah, a couple mid range jumpers or something. That's exactly. It would free not not necessarily the drive to the bucket, but right. the mid range jump shot. Yeah. So you're right on there, there. Right on. Yeah, and then that first game between the Nuggets and Lakers last night, I was able to catch the tail end after. Working my after working football, and it seemed like the Lakers really uh, have t- have seemingly stepped up to another level, is what it seem- seems like. Well, I know that yeah, Rajon yeah. Rondo's really gotten his game going. I mean, Anthony Davis has been more consistent after the first game of the playoffs against the Blazers. He didn't really show up, and LeBron James is LeBron James. Yeah. Well, I I think with the Lakers when you watch them play and I and I said this earlier they are just an extremely difficult match how are you going to match up LeBron how are you going to match up with Davis and you got Pope who's playing better Rondo is just killing it and then last night the big guy uh, comes in and uh, Dwight Howard 13, yeah Dwight Howard's at 13 points last night so they're just so tough of a matchup and Frank Vogel, play, you know, there's another guy that, you know, he's a defensive somewhat-minded coach. If you can be somewhat defensive-minded in the NBA, uh, 
you know, so he's got him playing better D than Dan Antonio did. And he's got him. Yeah. That's not saying much. On this show, it's Mike Antoni because yeah. we don't coach no D. Yeah. So no yeah, D in this game. Go. No. Yeah, there you go. So I, I think, you know, matchup-wise, the Lakers – and, and I think this might evolve. You might going to see Denver play more zone to keep, because you got to keep Davis away from the hoop. He gets it within 10 feet, and he's as good as goal. So if you play a zone, and I know you have rebounding issues with the zone, mm-hmm. you got to pick your poison, but you can maybe contain him and keep him a little more outside, because when he gets the ball where he did last night, it's uh, Katie bar the door. He's he's going to score, and that's what happened last night. Thirty-seven points. Well, the, the the big thing was Dwight Howard actually showed up. Did you? If I don't know if well, you watched yeah. the game, if you don't know if you watched the yeah. game or not, did you realize that off of one of Dwight Howard's alley oop plays, he got it off the simple play of flex. Yeah. <laughs> had him at the elbow, and a guard set the the basically the down yeah. screen, and yeah. the the help side was just paying attention. They just stared at the ball, and Rondo threw it up to him, and he got it and put it in. But Dwight Howard actually looked pretty good in that in that first game, getting rebounds, getting touches around the rim. He didn't start the game. JaVale McGee did, but actually yeah. Dwight Howard finished it. Now, here's a question yeah. for you, and some people are saying this. Is Dwight Howard a Hall of Famer? <laughs> you know, I... I don't think so. I, you know, I'd have to look at his stats compared to a lot of other guys. I think he's got um, four Defensive Player of the Year awards. I believe. Yeah, yeah. You know, his thing is he he's been on good teams, but I don't believe he's won a championship. No, got to the finals. Yeah, he's got to the finals. Boy, it's close. That's a good question, Derek. Um, you know, being the Defensive Player of the Year, and you know, I mean, he started right out of high school. You know, there was no college for him. Yeah. 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 So, um, boy, I tell you what, I, my, my thinking probably not, but they won a championship this year that might give him another pedestal, another notch in his, you know, feather in his cap. Um, but it, it's probably pretty close, but he's had a heck of a career. No question. You mm. know, he got the back injury a few years ago. That's kind of really curtailed him, but. He's an eight. He's an eight-time All-Star, eight-time yeah. All-NBA Team honoree. So that could be first, second, or third team. Five-time yeah. All-Defensive Team member and a three-time Defensive Player of the Year. That three-time Defensive Player of the Year might get him in. That's pretty impressive. And that was all with the Magic, though, basically. So basically, yeah. from 2004 yeah. to about 2012, with eight seasons with Orlando, he was like that. I always told people that. Those were the years he was an athletic freak. I've, when, when Dwight was actually doing well in his Orlando career, like in 2012, I always said, told oh. people he wasn't a basketball player. And they looked at me and I said, think about it. He has no low post moves. All of his stuff is off athleticism. And oh, I think absolutely. and yeah. I think that's what kind of killed him was once he lost that athleticism, he didn't know where to go to. And I think if he would have developed a little bit of a post game, I think he still would have been effective. No question about it. He, you know, I mean... Some guys have that hand-eye ability to become a like a jokish, you know. Mm-hmm. They just got great hands, and they're born with it, and can shoot and pass. You know, Howard's gift was his athletic ability, and he, you know, he struggled from the free throw line, struggled shooting, 
you know, but inside he was just a beast. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, you know, I think, you, you know, I mean, they had player development. It's just, you know, at some point it's got to be placed on the player that he's got to, True. you know, improve and get better. But, uh, boy, that's going to be a good debate for the, uh, the guys in uh, the Hall of Fame there in Springfield, Mass., you know, the committee and all that stuff. I say no. I mean, you, you got to have I, it the, I, the Hall of Fame. I would agree with yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's elite I, players. It's not the Hall of everybody. And granted, those exactly. those that stuff looks good. But if you want the Hall of Fame to be attainable and be elite, some guys just aren't going to get in. You know, it's like you got great numbers, you got great stats, but like for instance, I don't think Tracy McGrady's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I, I, you know, first part yeah. of his career in Toronto didn't do much. Now he blames Daryl Walker for that for not trying to give him any playing time. Had that brief stint with Orlando, a little bit with Houston. Then he had the knee problems. But if you look overall, he didn't do anything to help his teams win. He, individually, he was pretty good. But it's like one of those things where you're a great player, but we get the greatest of the greats in the Hall of Fame. And sometimes you just have to draw that line where there's just certain guys don't get in, so they keeps the, the Hall of Fame as elite. Yeah, a lot of variables that go into that. You know, I always True. thought, I always thought, like, you know, you, you get, you'd like to have a guy that's had been on winning teams and mm-hmm. been on some championship teams, and yet he's done very well. But then, you know, you really can't hold back a guy that's never won a championship or that's been maybe on good teams but not really good teams. Well, guys um, like Charles Barkley that, you know, he's a Hall of exactly. Famer. He hasn't won a championship, but, you know, he got a gold medal. And every team he exactly. went to, he ele- at least he elevated the team. Now, sometimes you could just have a bunch of trash, you know, around you. But yeah. at least if you're competing for a playoff spot with that trash, then, you know, you're elevating yeah. your teams. But... You know, there yeah. was just times if you have epic fails, it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see about him. But what a game he had last night. And, you know, he hardly played in the two playoff series before that, you know? Yeah. So, That's you know, the NBA, it's, uh, step up. Some series you yeah, match up well yeah. with someone, and some series you don't. Well, here's yeah, one. Exactly. Well, here's one for you, John. Uh, you got about a NBA, couple minutes. They do the MVP voting, and, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo ends up winning it, and LeBron James is not, not happy. happy that he only <laughs> got 16 first place votes. So, yeah, as yeah. out of 101, and does LeBron have a right to be angry? Well, I no question. Um, that probably should have been a much closer race. How many? How many Giannis have? How many did he have? It's a hundred votes. Yeah, yeah, out of a hundred votes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, no question. Giannis had a great season, and so did you know LeBron. LeBron just changed his game, you know, it has to, to accommodate. Yeah, to accommodate Davis more and get Davis more involved. He thinks that's going to help him win a championship than him taking all the glory. Uh, and his not, age. And his age. He's not the same. He's yeah. not the LeBron from ten years ago. Yeah, he's picking his his spots more, but uh, I, I would think maybe a sixty five thirty five, but not an eighty four sixteen type difference. <laughs> so much uh, disrespect. So, yeah, exactly. There you go. That's that's in a nutshell. You're right on. Mm. Last team got two minutes, Frank. <laughs> so finals will be Lakers Heat. 
Well, you you, well, you, you, you leaving out the Nuggets? I mean, man, it's only one game. Look at the first two yeah. series. The Lakers lost the first yeah. game. Everybody's like, oh, they're going to lose to the Blazers. Oh, I didn't think the they were going to lose to the Blazers. And now the, the Nuggets lose, and oh, we just write off the Nuggets. Yeah, you know, I, I think Lakers heat, I mean, based on what we saw last night, the Nuggets-Lakers game, and the heat being up 2-0, and Hayward still being a little questionable, but uh, you know, it's uh, you, you never know. But that that Celtic Heat series is so close. I don't think the Nuggets can overcome the Lakers, and I think the Lakers, you know, win it all. Uh, but I tell you what, he gets in there, and you know, they win four-one or four-zero against the Celtics. Yeah, they're. They're an interesting team, and, and Frank might be on something. They could be the old four Pistons, I, you know. Um, could be. And finally, Spolstra gets his credit as a good coach. Well, yeah. He better get his credit. Know, He's a Hall of yeah. Famer if he wins this one. Oh, no question about it. And, you know, I mean, he's, what, one one or two before? Mm-hmm. Did he have two championships with the Heat? Or yeah. yeah, he two. won two with uh, LeBron. LeBron and four stri- yeah, four trips, thought. two wins. And yeah, he was I... with the organization when they won in 06, but I think he might have been like an assistant coach or maybe still a video coordinator. I'm trying to yeah. I think he was assistant yeah. coach. Yeah, because I was one, yeah. Pat Riley was still coaching mm-hmm. then. Yeah, I think he uh, he was the uh, one of the top assistant coaches. Um, the old Piston guy there, uh, Forget his name. He coached too uh, during that 06 year, um, and and won it. Um, Ron Rothstein. Yes, Ron Rothstein. Yes, he, he he coached there. But uh, yeah, Spolstra. You know, obviously he he's kind of uh, you know his mentor's Ben Riley. Um, he's done a good job. I, you know, you look at you look at the season. Nick Nurse, uh, Spolstra, Stevens from Boston. Uh, those guys have really, really done a really good job. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, a lot of other good coaches, you know, you get to that level and, you know, it comes down to, like you said, players and making shots. And, you know, um, got a lot of lot of good, hardworking people. And, you know, Coach Cone would tell you that he actually, you know, was involved with uh, the NBA there. Mm-hmm. So, but... Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, if the Lakers and Heat uh, match up, but still got a lot of basketball to be played yet. So, John, are you part of the YMCA? So, yeah. So when I retired from coaching, I got into finance for a year, and then I moved out to Boise, Idaho Ooh. for three years. Lived out there about three and a half years and transferred with uh, the financial uh, group I was working with and then uh, a job opened up in Boise, um, a joint AAU um, YMCA program that uh, is basically fifth through eighth grade. We I ran, they had it in place. I just kind of kept it going. Uh, it's the largest AAU joint YMCA program in the country. We had over 3,000 kids in our program. Wow. Um, we had... Uh, Leagues in the fall for the boys, we had almost a thousand boys fifth through eighth in our league. Mm-hmm. We had 600 girls in the winter. We offset their junior high school season, mm-hmm. and then we had a co-ed spring and summer programs. We had camps. We had uh, private training. Uh, it, it is just a wonderful program that uh, 
a couple guys in Boise started like in 08 and you know I came in around 17 did it for a year and and then I came back worked in the car business for a while and then Dennis Hobson mm-hmm. who oh, was like, kind of like yeah the operation director at the Y for all the youth basketball he took the Lord's job somebody called me and said hey you know this job's open I think you would you know might be interested so next thing you know I'm I'm over there and and we just really was starting to establish it Dennis left it in good shape um and uh getting it going adding a few things and then COVID hit so pretty tough to social distance in basketball so um oh, I know I'm, I'm yeah. in the training business and it, it hit us yeah, hard so you too. know yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so uh we're hoping to Kids, they're hoping to start the league at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if any youngsters or parents are listening out there, and the YMCA is going to get going with their uh, basketball program mm-hmm. uh, late October. Mm-hmm. And then we're also, we got, uh, we established a travel team, two travel teams. We're going to get those going uh, as well. So uh, we'll Good. see how it goes. And yeah, it's uh, still in the blood for me. Mm-hmm. And uh enjoy doing that stuff helping kids out well, at least you're still growing the game right now i uh, actually earlier today i had to go to an open gym and watch some of my players i'm actually a varsity assistant at saint ursula so uh okay and then after okay, this i gotta girl. go to the summer league yeah i was in boys though i coached at saint john's and mommy oh you did mm-hmm. okay so oh. you got a little taste of hind show and yep and 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 those guys and yeah and you know what a career he had over there yeah um um but yeah, it's uh, it's a fun game, and oh yeah, I I I, I watch it daily. Probably too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, yeah. thanks so much for calling in, my man. Appreciate you calling, John. Hey, it, it it was a pleasure, and Frank said he's got a nice watch as a gift for me, so oh, no. maybe I'll go down to the local Rolex dealership and get me a watch, uh, courtesy of Frank. So I really appreciate it. But no, hey, give me a call anytime. Uh, enjoy. Uh, talking especially hoops and and you guys keep up the good work uh and i know a lot of people really respect you guys and appreciate what you do for sports in uh, northwest ohio southeast Michigan. all right thank you hey Derek. Yep. take care frank we'll see you soon buddy see you john now hey, congratulations on that debut last night of <laughs> your officiating yeah thank pull the you. whistle <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't i didn't hear any bad news out of morency last night so uh, it must have been a, a good night for Frank. So, yeah, it was. You know, they, did, they didn't talk about the officials. So um, they, they gave him his, his pop and pizza after the game. So Right. Um, <laughs> okay, guys. Take care. Yep. yep. Thanks again. That was John. How do you spell it? Vandekave. Vandekave. Yeah. Vandekave. Vandekave. Okay. Yeah. Well, Frank, another show in the books here, man. Yep. Because uh, next week we you we won't be here. We'll be taped. We might have this John uh, segment playing again because that was a really good segment. Didn't oh yeah, call in. that was good. I didn't know he wanted to call in the show. Why didn't you get him on the show, Frank? Uh, there's been times in the past he's been uh, and wanting to, but he's been just trying to hide him. That's what's been going. Oh, on. Oh no, not trying, trying to hide him. Just trying to back pocket. Just trying to find the perfect opportunity. The perfect opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Two hoop guys. Him and Coach Cone. Yep. 
which you got uh, playing. I know she got the SMCC Falcon football stuff on. Was that you knew John was calling in, so you had to represent? No, the I just uh, I just bought this as part of a fundraiser. I'm probably going to meet up with uh, some of that crowd a little bit later today and mm-hmm. break bread with them. <laughs> also, might tune into Stanley Cup Finals Game One, Stars and Lightning. I think it's going to be Lightning in Seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. So break bread like Jesus Christ. You know, hold my communion wafer. <laughs> well, it's mostly the Catholic crowd. So yeah. they get to break bread with them. Okay, that's right. Wow, well, it sounds like you're going to have an eventful Saturday. Once again, thanks to David the Man and God Harris. Finally got the AFC and NFC previews in. We got uh, had a special guest, John Bandevacay, on. Uh, also, NFL pick them in. Talked a little Michigan football. Um, good show. Make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, always on. Normally 11 to 1, but like I said, I got caught on the east side by a train. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, Frank, have a good weekend. Enjoy Jared Jansen's uh, wedding. Tell him I said congratulations. I will. So this has been a presentation of 88.3 WGTs. After further review for David, Frank, and Derek Lawson. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Tape show next week. Peace. We're out. Have fun.